I thought she was going to tell him. <laughs> that was a genuine, like... <laughs> in a world. In a world. In a world where tomorrow's blockbusters reign and yesterday's classics are forgotten. Three women intend to remember. Hey everyone, welcome to Millennials of the Movie House, the podcast where your average Janes watch older movies and answer the question we've put to ourselves. Are they still relevant and should we still be watching them today? I'm Betsy. I'm Tracy. And I'm Serena. <laughs> and today we are talking about Woman on the Run, 1950, written by Alan Campbell, Norman Foster, based on a short story by Sylvia Tate, directed by Norman Foster, and cinematographer Hal Moore. Yes, And I mentioned that yes. because... It was good. <laughs> um, starring Anne Sheridan, uh, Dennis O'Keefe, Robert Keith, and John Quaylen, Frank Jenks, and Ross Elliott. Uh, this is our fourth podcast coming from the bunker. Uh, and it seems to be working <laughs> was, out okay. So far, so good. Then I was, again. I was going to ask how many how many bunker casts we've done. Mm -hmm. yep. This is number four. Four? Yep. 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 Going strong. Uh, so, yeah. So, apologies for Serena's audio. Hopefully. And for ours. I oh, mean, yeah, we, you know. We, it's just, we aren't that great. Yeah. <laughs> Every episode, it's a it's a new it's a new, new take. adventure. I uh, sound lovely. <laughs> Can you hear me? Hello, yes. is anybody out there? Hello, hello. hello. <laughs> Imagine if we accidentally had her on mute the whole time. Oh my god. Quick synopsis, Tracy Go. <laughs> I almost forgot. I almost <laughs> forgot. No, I always forget. Um, okay. So we see a guy walking his dog and he witnesses a murder and it's part of a mob hit. So the guy the mobster kills was going to testify against the mobster. So now Frank, who is the guy walking the dog, is now the new witness for the police. So the police want to bring him in to uh, in like protect, protective custody so that he will testify. Well, Frank doesn't want to do that, so he goes on the run. So the police goes and contacts Frank's wife. Does she have a first name? It's Mrs. Johnson. Eleanor. 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 Okay. Eleanor. Um, so she, to use her to go find her husband. And we find out that they've kind of been having problems, and it's an adventure to go find Frank. So Eleanor teams up with a reporter who she's promised the inside scoop also before i appreciate you you that was a good great setup good job good job that's Thank a you. good premise yeah. um disclaimer if you have not watched this movie stop listening to this podcast and go watch it because there will be spoilers in this episode Spoiler and you know what i'm gonna skip right to the end this was worth a watch to me absolutely i would definitely recommend watching definitely it watch yeah. it it was good I'm it was yes. fast paced it was funny yep Watch this one. Yep, this was a good one. Um, I'm a yes. <laughs> and we're done. That's all we needed, ladies and gentlemen. Okay. And everybody will see you next week. <laughs> um, so how did so? I, well, I guess we already answered my question. How did everyone like it? I liked it, <laughs> Serena. I liked it a lot. It was uh, a great, healthy um, escapism. Yes, very yes. Yeah, well, it was well, engaging. Well done. Yeah. yeah, it was engaging. We were paying attention. We wanted to know what was going to happen, like where the next step was mm -hmm. taking us. 
And I will say, I feel like I didn't quite hit that moment until the twist happened. And then I was like, oh, that's it. I am here for this movie. It, it took until She's then. all in. I, She's I was before in. it. I was like, okay, we're going on this adventure. It was like a scavenger hunt. One clue led to the next. Mm-hmm. Where are we going? Yep. So I was there. Yep. And and once I realized that it was about her rediscovering her husband as she was actually looking for her husband, I was like, okay, I get I get the I get the why it's paced and you know the storytelling. Yep. Aspect of it. Yeah, I liked it. Really great storytelling. Um everything I, I, I really don't have any complaints about the movie except that um there was a little bit of cheesiness in the roller coaster scene and the screaming that they use the same sound clip definitely over and over again. The roller coaster sound clip you know, was definitely recycled. I didn't notice it because I was so impressed with the cinematography, the, w- the way that they were shooting it. Yeah. I, I was so focused yeah. on how they were like moving the car and how she was going with it and the the green screen. I, I was, yeah. I was there. So I you bought understand it, it. Yeah. You understand it for like what it is. And I'm like, I have to remind myself it's a 1950s film. Yeah, yeah that's fair. So, like, nowadays there's, you know, a, a camera on the roller coaster in real right. life. Like, well, even, nowadays it's totally different. Yeah, even in the car, I don't know why they were going on these crazy cab rides. Other than maybe <laughs> yeah. um, I thought the green screen matched up well yeah. to what everybody was doing, what the car was doing. I thought that was well done, too. Yep, agreed. Yeah, believable. I actually was like, after I saw like the outside view of the cab whipping around, I was like, maybe that was real. Almost, like, almost. right? Yeah, I felt it almost. And I'm and so. it, it helped because they paired it with real location shooting. There was yes. so much of San Francisco in there that it it kind of blended seamlessly with the green screen. Almost, Ooh. there were a There's couple a of moments. Baby. S- something's behind you. Watch out. He's going to pounce. Oh. She's going to pounce. <laughs> Sorry, I got distracted. Um, I I also, speaking to that, Betsy, I would say anyone who is a San Francisco lover, which, you know, I worked for someone, I work for someone mm-hmm. um, here and there, that she, they used to live in San Francisco. She loves it. Like, they wanted to move back. They almost did. Um. And I've never personally been myself. I've been close, but I never made it myself. And it's definitely like, you can just, even with it being an older film, you can totally appreciate like the city's beauty and, yes. and quaintness of different, like there's no other city like San Francisco. There yeah. really is no other city that is like that. That's so true. So, And it's funny you say that because in the back of my head, I'm like, my boss would love this movie just because it's a love letter to San Francisco. It's, it, yeah. Yeah. All right, let's jump into the questions. Top of the marquee. What was everyone's favorite part? I think I can guess Tracy's, but okay, go ahead. <laughs> I had a couple. Do you want me to say them? Yeah, go for okay. it. Okay. First off, Drunk Lady was I knew you were going to say it. That's what I thought you were going to say. Oh my say. gosh. Like, so funny. Not even, I like she didn't even need lines, but they added this just bit of humor in there. Hilarious. The cinematography we've touched on yep. was very good very convincing like we've seen movers movies that have been more recent with horrible green screen yep and i don't like i get why they use green screen but this was just he knew how to work it yep so that was good the at the beginning so when the mobster tries to shoot frank for like witnessing the crime 
they say there was it was such a great part. The detectives goes, oh, he tried to shoot you, and he goes, yeah, you didn't have like good aim. And he goes, and he was he was like, I was standing right here, and the detective goes to him, no, he had great aim. He just thought the shadow was you, and you he the Frank moved, and you could see the. The bullet hole yeah. in the wall was right in his head yep. where he was. It was just a perfect shot because you didn't see the hole in the wall until the guy moved out of the way, out of the, so you could see. I thought that was just that was great. very effective. Yeah, yeah, yeah. However, oh my god, my favorite oh, no, part go. was when Frank and Eleanor finally, you know, come together. And I said to you guys, I said. I said, oh, here we go. I can't wait. They're going to have a shoulder. All I want is a shoulder grab kiss. And they it didn't happen. Their first embrace was actually a hug. Mm-hmm. And I said, I appreciate that. It mm-hmm. was like a, you don't just run to kiss somebody. Mm-hmm. You run to hold them. And that's yeah. what they did. And then after the hug, they did kiss each other. And it was a nice kiss. It was beautiful. Like compared to some like, you know. I... 100% agree with you. And I feel like the difference is in most movies we watch, it's this really passionate kiss because they're new lovers. Yes. They, they've just found each other or whatever. They've just realized they've fallen in love. With these two, it's a refound love. It's two married couples. It was two married couples. It was a married couple. So they, it was, it was tender. Yes. It wasn't passionate. It was tender. Yep. And I, I really liked that. Yeah. yeah. So I was like, not that this was a funny movie, but it was, I don't know, it was nice. Mm-hmm. Agreed. So. Agreed. I, like, I liked that. Normally we normally we are anti-shoulder grab, but for some reason, <laughs> I don't know about you guys, but I felt like we were kind of rooting for the shoulder grab yes, for a second. Yes, we were. Yeah, we were like, okay, and here then, it comes. Yeah, but like, I don't know. This movie did things that like, you know. You didn't It expect. just didn't. Yeah. It wasn't the normal. Yeah, it wasn't what you expect. Yeah. Plot twists, um, no shoulder grabs when you would any other 1950 film would probably at that Absolutely. point throw in the shoulder grab. And instead, like the hug, like you said, that I think that was probably my favorite scene too. Cause it was just like renewed love. Yeah. You know? Yep. yep. Um, I'm glad you brought up the not to to change, but I'm glad you brought up the shadow thing, Tracy, because I kept hearing the shadow. It was a very, um, it was, it was used a lot in the movie. I don't know if, cause the lady that was following her was her shadow and they're like, Oh, I found your shadow. And oh, then this guy's the shadow. shadow. Yeah. Oh. Huh. Right. Yeah. I, okay. I didn't know where you're going with that, but yes, you are right. That's yeah. very poignant. Trina. Yeah. Good, Good job. Catch. I don't know what, <laughs> <laughs> I know there was a couple of different times that they said shadow and there was a di- couple of different instances and I, I might even be forgetting one but I just remember you mentioning the shadow part yeah. reminded me of that shadow where you know they're all tailing her they're yeah. all tailing Mrs. Johnson looking for Frank yep so anyways so was that your favorite part Serena or did you um, have another I would part? say I, there was like my favorite parts were like scatter throughout like quotes and notes yeah. and things yeah, I like have that a couple of quotes too yeah so I but I feel like that scene like I was so nervous with the whole the the roller coaster and her being stuck on there and seeing Frank down below and 
when we, mm-hmm. we heard the gunshot after mm-hmm. and we're, we're like, okay, they, are they like in my head? I was like, are they really going to kill this guy right yeah. now? Yeah. yeah. And then I was hoping that he maybe killed right. um, like Danny it. boy. Yeah. yeah. So, but anyways, but then when we finally see that he's alive again, like, I think that's like the best, the best part. You yeah. Know? They, mm-hmm. they used tension really, really well in this. There was even a moment yeah. where I genuinely gasped. <laughs> Yeah, what was the I like to the point where I was like, really? I don't know why, but I really thought that she was gonna send Danny Boy to find to find Frank at the beach without anybody else. Yeah. I don't know why, but it was just it. I think it was because it was just happening so quickly, and that yeah. that speaks towards how quickly things were happening in this movie. The the fast talking, and you really had to pay attention to everything. But it was just yeah. it caught me off guard, and I literally went <laughs> so. I think I liked the faster pace because I feel like, not to say that other movies drag, but <clears throat> I think that the pacing, the timing, mm-hmm. um, yes. the storytelling, it yep. all seemed to be really well placed and like yes. kind of more like what we're used to nowadays. Yeah, absolutely. Good point because you, it did take me a minute because I thought they were talking really fast and we always have subtitles on. And, but once I got into it, I understood, like I was, yeah, yeah. And you're right. It we usually drag and it isn't until like three quarters of the way where we're like, okay, we're into this. We were into this at the beginning. Yeah. Yep. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, they open the opening scene was the murder. Yeah. Yeah. So it they really kind of like threw yeah. us, they threw us on our toes right away and everyone was like, well, I don't know about you guys. I'm saying everyone like me, myself and my laundry. Over and here. all of our listeners. <laughs> we're <all> like, <laughs> me, myself we're, and my laundry. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> we were just like, I was just thinking, like, geez, okay, we're really on our toes now. Like, we've just yeah. opened opening scenes of murder. Yep. So, yeah, yeah, they really just dived right into it. Um, so, what was your favorite scene? My favorite part was Eleanor, just her, just yep. Eleanor, because yeah. I really appreciated awesome. that this turned out to be almost a character study hidden in a film noir. I feel like you don't really get a lot of character development in noirs, and yeah, I, I would still qualify this as a noir, but. Yep. She had such a great character arc and she was right from the get-go. We loved her. Like she was snarky and like talking back and doing her own thing. She could not have cared less at the beginning. And then she kind of like grew to like refall. I just, her entire progression was fantastic to me. Um, And she had, Um, I have to ask, I have to ask, uh, you need to define noir for um, the majority of the millennials. (laughs) (laughs) That's fair. Um, oh, I thought you were about to talk. No. It's, uh, it's a film genre, um, primarily in the 40s and 50s. It's basically a murder mystery, but um, there are certain characteristics that kind of make it stand apart. Um, the cinematography and lighting tend to be kind of on the darker side. You usually have a detective or a private eye with a femme fatale. So it's there are aspects that, okay. that make it a film noir. Um, so when you say noir, I was thinking night in Spanish – or French, yeah, whatever. yeah, like, it is it, the like, word visually. And I was thinking, dark, yeah, visually, yeah, how dark it was, and I'm like, that must mean that. But I just, I didn't know. I've never heard. I've heard the term, but I didn't know what it was. So now you know. I'm speaking. Uh, I'm I'm the relatable. It's that. <laughs> yeah, okay. It's that. Um, stereotypical private eye. Yeah. That like. Yeah. And know. the fast talking is usually very yeah. indicative, and like, yeah, yeah. You see here, and it's. <laughs> I almost feel like it's I like I feel like Dame is said a lot. <laughs> yes. And I feel like none of the characters are necessarily likable. There are just 
some characters who are less evil than others. <laughs> so you go with them. It's yeah. I actually am not. I'm actually in general. I'm not the biggest fan of that genre. I do. I like the mystery. Um, but I liked this. Well, this I was, was really going to say. Yeah, I was going to say this is right up. This must be right up Tracy's alley because mm-hmm. like anything yeah. mystery, true crime, any of that. Yeah. And then I kind of was getting like the, the vi- like, I don't know, not like the clue vibe, but kind of. Yeah. Like yeah. I kept getting this like weird, um, I don't know, like it was like a flashback, but it wasn't to anything. Right. <laughs> you know? It was like to the time I played Clue. It, it was, it was familiar. <laughs> so it was a noir. Yeah. So you got that feel. The twist, it, that the twist was almost familiar too, which we haven't really talked about. The twist was excellent. It I was. Think, yeah. I think. No, we didn't expect it at all. Usually we can guess twists a little bit. We're always right. trying to guess what's happening. Right. And I think we were so accustomed to older movies not having a twist that we just literally didn't expect it. Yep. Uh-oh. Damn. He's the bad guy, right? What? Twist. Wow. I did not see did that not coming. did not see that coming either. So, on yeah. top of the fact that it was revealed early, it for a was. Twist. It was within the first what twenty minutes. Yeah, like maybe half hour. Yep, it was right there, so that we could then follow along and like watch, and that it just made the tension jump. The yeah, second because that happened. the audience knew before the main character, yeah. so you were in on it, and you were like, "No!" Yeah, you're like yelling at the TV, like, "No, <laughs> figure it out! Yeah. <laughs> Don't go down that dark alley." Yeah. <laughs> But in a good way. Yeah. Usually, usually things like that annoy me where I'm like, oh my God, these people are so stupid. Figure it out. No. But this wasn't that case. No. Yeah. So. No, she, she was never she was, the damsel. She was never the damsel. No, she was Except wasn't. for the roller coaster. She, yeah. True. <laughs> except that that's when she figured it out. Yeah. Like she was able, she's like, yeah, she was trapped on the roller coaster, but it's not like somebody had to go save her from the roller coaster. She figured it out, and she was trying to actually save Frank by yelling for him. Yeah. All right, so everyone's favorite parts was just everything. The whole yeah. movie yeah. was our favorite part. That's good. Uh, ladies, please remove your hats and silence your cell phones. Aspects that did and did not age well. I'm going to go. Yep. Hey, I... But don't take too many because I only have two. All right, well, you can go. Well, no, all right. Say, well, say you just, one. You just you just throw throw in. Basically, as I have, you know, sexism. Mm-hmm. There were lots of guys like you were just saying, Betsy, about well, he's not running; he's running from you. You're the problem. So mm-hmm. we have that scene where the doctor is like, he has hypertension and he's got a heart problem, and you know, if his home life was better and he was more relaxed, so he was blaming the woman. And there was a point mm-hmm. where the cop was, he's not running from us he's running from you the the mm-hmm. horrible wife at home mm-hmm. so it was that sexism however she didn't take any of their crap nope she didn't yep. she stood up she immediately called the doctor out she was like oh yeah and i'm gonna sure go ahead blame me blame the wife like she immediately was like no i don't i'm not i'm not yeah. taking that answer yeah um that's why i liked her so much she's very just like no yeah and at <laughs> one point and i forget who i think it was to the Hop, where she says I've had enough of all the all wise men yep. like she was just like I'm done with this you yep. don't I don't buy into any of this crap stop saying it well and they kept saying things like that but she never showed that she was that person right from the beginning even though you could tell she didn't love her husband in those moments she still 
warned her against the, you know, warned him when he called and didn't give the the police any extra information. She was constantly on her husband's side. Yep. That never wavered. Yep. And I appreciated that. Yep. Because she wasn't United proving front. that she was the woman that they were saying she was. Exactly. Yeah. United front. <laughs> <laughs> but you're right. There were moments, there were definitely sexist lines, but they, you, like you said, they were almost self-aware they because were, she, she responded. always had a response yeah. or she wouldn't react. She would just be like, yeah, I'm not buying this. Yeah. Serena, what were your, your notes? Um, well, to, to just continue on with Tracy's, I forget who said it. Was it the inspector, uh, the detective? Yes, inspector the inspector Ferris. Ferris. He, she said something. She was saying something and, and he said, Mrs. Johnson, didn't your husband ever beat you? <laughs> Right. Yeah. Like, that was the, and that was three the, of us, we were like, whoa. We literally all like, like literally leaned back in our seats. Like what the hell was yeah. that? And I feel like yeah. if I'm remembering it correctly, she just kind of looked at him like, yeah. Like, are you kidding me? Right. <laughs> yeah. I almost want to, we should dude. side note um, for Tracy, all the gifts need to be her expressions. <laughs> like Gosh, the gifts that are like. She had some expressions. She had she had a lot of fierce going on. I it's gonna be hard to get anything because I feel like I tried looking up quotes for this and there's nothing. It's one of those hidden movies. Yeah. Which it is which fall into yeah. obscurity. Uh, the reason that it's not more well known, um, it was actually destroyed in 2008. The only known copy of it was destroyed in a fire in 2008. And so um, somebody at Turner Classics had to go find a new copy of it and have it restored. And that's why we're able to watch it again. But it really almost got lost to time, yep. which is unfortunate because it's, it's such a fantastic it movie. It is a great movie. And it kind of, it makes you wonder how many movies were lost to time that that could have been, you know, classics. I mean, this yeah. brings us back right to our first episode, um, Matahari, where mm-hmm. they have they have people saying that they cut clips of this because it was too risque, but they lost the original copy. So we yeah. were like, you know, but they are still, you had said, they're still discovering stuff. Mm-hmm. And they had, this guy had discovered, a, a, he found an old copy. Yep. Yeah, and that's, I mean... It's like the double-edged sword of archives because he found it in the BFI archive. Um, and the the double-edged sword of archives is that, yeah, they're preserved, but who knows what are in those archives? Like, you don't have the people going through those archives to find these gems. Yeah. What? Oh, where, what's the, what is the archives that you're talking about? You're um, telling me there's like another vault out there like Disney has? <laughs> well, yes. <laughs> it's a good example. Disney probably does literally have an ar- a vault, an archive. And most studios have them as well. But BFI is the British Film Institute. They have very extensive archives. And then they sent it to the UCLA Film and Television Archive. That's also there. New York has a couple of film and television archives. It's just there are archives all over the world of films just sitting there waiting. I mean, and then like... What's happening though? People, like random film enthusiasts, are going to these archives and knocking on their front door and saying, "Hey, let me in." Yeah, that basically. So the only reason, so like I said, <laughs> our, the only known print was destroyed in two thousand eight, and then this, um, he's the host of Turner Classics Noir Alley, Eddie Muller. He was like, "No, I want to find this movie." So he went and and did some research and went to BFI and was like, "Listen, can I have a copy of this movie?" 
And he, it, it just takes that one person who's like, no, I want to track this down. But there's nobody who's just randomly going to look for the, you know, for what's in the archives. Yeah. yeah. Hmm. That, it's like falling into obscurity. Yeah. Like fires, you know, well, things like that that destroy stuff. older films are, any films that are sitting on shelves that haven't been digitized are literally disintegrating. That is what they're doing yeah. at this moment right now. That's what film does. So yeah, there's oh, there's this constant rush of trying to get those things saved and digitized and preserved. So a good real real life example from my work, a good real life example is um, uh, so PBS goes back to the fifties. You know, it's decades and decades and decades yeah. of film it's, and tape and whatnot, yeah. all just sitting on shelves at individual PBS affiliate stations. So there's a program, the AAPB, which is working towards preserving that. They have a grant and they have funding to, and their sole purpose is to just go save and preserve all of this footage that's potentially being destroyed, mm -hmm. you know? So that was all. Oh, well, that's AAPB. good. Mm -hmm. I'm glad somebody's doing something about something because it's literally like, I know we have the power to do it. It's just a matter of, doing it yeah like it's, it's that and it's money and manpower yeah and yeah. a lot of the time that is doesn't seem as important it's low priority yeah yep mm -hmm. yep okay uh oh so aspects that did age well we're still on aspects that didn't yep. did age well everybody aspects that did age well um basically everything else so the twist was very effective. There were like moments of comedy that yep. were actually still funny. The way they talked was great. Moments of suspense. Yeah, definitely. And then just going back to it being a love letter to San Francisco, the the location shots were fantastic. I just so much of it worked. Yep. Wait a minute. <laughs> Aspects that remind you of modern movies. All right. So it's not a movie. It's a TV show, and it's kind of a stretch. does not count. Move on. No, I'm <laughs> Uh, no, it was just going back to the film noir before we even got to any of the storyline. It reminded me of Dragnet. The way yeah. the cops were talking, they were just like, okay. they kind of cut off um, Eleanor and Frank for that matter. That was like, I don't need to know your backstory, just the facts, ma'am. Well, that's, Dragnet that was the, and Dragnet, but that's a precursor to Law and & Order and CSI and yes. like all those detective yeah. shows. So it just kind of it gave that feel. Yeah. Um, but that was the only thing I could think of. Other than I think it's a trope of the, the... So I don't think we even said what the twist was. The twist was this reporter guy was the murderer. Yeah. He was the mob boss or whoever. And I think that's... I, of course, we can't kind of think of examples, but... That has been done where you think he's the good guy and he turns out to be the bad guy. Definitely, yes. But I, I really think that it's important to note that there was not a single mo moment in this movie where we're like, oh, this reminds me of yeah. whatever. It really, I felt like it stood alone. Yeah. But you're right. It, it did incorporate so many tropes that we are familiar with, but they worked so well into the movie that it didn't feel like I was watching something I had already seen. Yeah, yeah. It did. It had yeah. an original touch to it. Yeah. It definitely did. So it was so hard it's, to do. Um, I was just going to say in agreement to you guys, like it's one of a kind. Yeah. It was just like, you guys know, I'm usually like, Ooh, sound of music. Ooh, Willy Wonka. <laughs> Ooh, Wizard of Oz. Something, you know, Although, like I mean, nothing. Yeah. When, when other films do that though, they steal from it because it's a good idea. So I don't know. More people need to watch this movie because it was definitely. effective. 
definitely. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, I really liked it. It was it was definitely um unique. But not unique in a weird way. Like not unique in an uncomfortable way. Right. Like still familiar, but like had its very own touch to it and it wasn't yeah. like and you we know. always end up watching movies that have been based on stories or books. Right. Always. We don't right. mean to do it. I so know. this is based on a short story called Man on the Run. Yeah. I'm very curious. I would I would read this. I one. would totally read this. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yep. I'm going to write that down. Man and you know what? Run. Well, and I can't speak towards it because I haven't written, read the short story, but it was written by a woman. And I wonder if the reason Ooh. Eleanor is so well developed is because, because it's based that. on a story written by a woman. Interesting. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. All right. Notes roundup. Um, I would like to call out the conversations between Eleanor and and um, Leggett before we knew he was Danny Boy because their tete-a-tete, their back and forth yes. was phenomenal. Yep. It was fast-paced and snarky and they all they like had comebacks for each other the whole time. They it was so were great. evenly matched. They really were. Yep. To a point where I I almost thought that Eleanor was going to like was behind it the whole time almost like, yeah. she, like you know yeah yeah i was giving her a little too much credit i thought but... that too at one point well i thought that because they I had such that... good chemistry i thought i there was a moment where i even yes. turned to you i was like are we supposed to expect her to fall for the reporter or find you know rekindle her love for yeah. her husband um because they just that's what they i was thinking so yeah, yeah they were hitting it off so well Okay, that was my one note. Okay, note roundup. Um, I just have a couple quotes. Um, yeah, same here. Um, yeah, well, what you were just going off of, Bets, especially when they were sitting down at the Chinese food to get a drink, it was her and the reporter. Yeah, she did that with heavy air quotes, everybody. Yes, I did. Uh, <laughs> he was like, do you know where your husband is? Do you know that, like, he was like rapid fire about the case so it was all serious questions, and then he goes, do you want to dance? And he goes, and she goes, drop dead. Yeah. Like, it was immediately, like, and I think we, I'll, I'll share the, um. The trailer. The trailer, because it's in there, yeah. and that's, that's good. It's a perfect example a of perfect, their back and yeah. forth. But part of that was, he was talking about how she's like, I don't, like, I don't, I'm not going to give you a story. And he, and she, he goes, there's two ways I get a story. I either win you over or buy you over. And he goes, is it working? Am I winning you over? And she's like, I'd rather be bought. And it was it was just like, a, I'm not having any yep. of you schmoozing me over. Like, I'd rather you just give me money because this ain't working. Yep. So it was just everything yeah. that she said was just so snarky. And it was hard to get quotes because we couldn't rewind because we have to sync up with Serena, which is fine because I'd rather watch it together. But then there's no... Like, there was very few quotes that you could yeah. find. I'm going to have to watch it again. Part of the clues that she was following to find Frank, she had to go to his work, and his co-worker was hilarious. I think that was Mabus. Mabus. He was I great. I Mabus. And he, she was, like, explaining the predicament that they were in. So he just go, so, Frank is on the run from the law, huh? That's just like Frank. He's so adventurous. Like, yeah. he just took it in stride. Like, yeah. oh, well, yeah, that's that a good Frank. old Frank. <laughs> like, it was just, and, and she was like, what? Why, is, why are you saying this? And that was part of the adventure where she's starting to learn how he sees the world. Yeah. Like, kind of like she, her falling for her Even more again. when the bartender did the same thing. We, yes. got, we get a little bit more about his character. Yep. It was effective. Um, and then I have one more that was her... 
it was her realization that she had fallen in back with Frank where she said, we don't give freely of ourselves when we can. Yes. And it was, yeah. and it was, I think she was just lamenting the fact that she wasn't in love with her husband when they were together. Yeah. And now that like, it was basically a do or die. Like, like he could die. Yeah. Murderers are after him. The police are after him, the mob. And she finally realized that they were in a slump, but she was still willing to be together. And she never has the chance to tell him that. Mm-hmm. So Tracy, I'm glad you brought up that one, the drop dead conversation, because that was one of the quotes that I couldn't, I was thinking of, but I couldn't remember exactly. And then I'm like, what was that quote? And I was like looking it up. So that was definitely one. Cause she's just so like quick with the words. Yep. And then I think this is when the inspe- and so Inspector Ferris and Eleanor Johnson were in the Johnson apartment, and oh yeah, because the cops were trying to learn about okay, and he's just like going through their kitchen and stuff, and he's like he sees all the dog food, and he's like, "Don't you eat anything but dog food?" And then her response was, "He's not particular, and I'm lazy, so we eat out." And I'm like, "That's such a like today thing." That yes, is, yeah, that it? is now. That's not a 1950s feel. That's like a we're lazy, we're just gonna grab rail trail. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. Hence the reason why like their best friends are the Chinese restaurant and the bar. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Which I liked. I liked it because they're not your cookie cutter 1950s American couple mm-hmm. um, with a perfect marriage, and she's cooking him dinner and this and that yeah. and blah blah. It's very like again, unique, not, not yeah. unlike this movie. Mm-hmm. Um, the other quote I had <clears throat> is the roller coaster scene where they're underneath the roller coasters and it's Danny Boy and Eleanor and they're underneath. Is Danny Boy his name or is it the... His I name is Dan, his Dan Leggett and they called him Danny Boy, yeah. Okay. Um, so the killer... Yeah. Spoiler alert. So the killer, yeah. So um, the reporter, um, they're both underneath the roller coasters, and she was saying that she was, like, afraid, or it's scary or whatever, and he he had responded with, it's more frightening than romantic, because he was talking about he used to bring his, not the whole quote, but he brought his girlfriend down there back in the day, and, you know, he said, it's more frightening than romantic. It's the way love is when you're young, and how life is when you're older. I think I missed that. Yeah, me too. That's a good one. Yeah. Yeah. Huh. I'm pretty sure that's how it went. Um, We might need to rewatch, but I I grabbed the quote from online because I was like, loved it. I do rewatch this. I would. Yeah, this was, it was, it was fast paced and it had great lines. Yeah. Great lines. Yeah. I agree. I liked it a lot. I would watch it again and yeah, I would recommend it. Yep. Uh, Any other notes? Nope. That's All it. right. Well, I mean, martini shot's pretty, uh, pretty quick and painless. Yeah. Would you recommend it? Yes. 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 Yeah. Absolutely. Yes. To the point where you know how for 2019 we had to do a ranking of oh, our yeah. movies. Yeah. This at the moment, I think this might sit at number one for 2020 yeah. for me. Yep. Yeah. Yep. I'd agree. This yep. is one where I know there was. I think it was cat people. No, no, no. It was Night Watch mm-hmm. where I went out of my way to be like, okay. You might not listen to the podcast or you might not watch the movies about it. And I made people actually go and like, I, yep. I pushed them to watch a movie. Yep. I'm I think you. this is one where I was like, no, really, please go and watch this yes. one. And we're actually, we were able to get this on Canopy, which is yep. through our library 
a digital format through the library. So you don't have to leave and go anywhere right now during quarantine. Go and watch this movie. And you don't even have to pay for it. No, it's free. It's free. Yeah. Uh, okay. Guys. <laughs> Guys. We're going to be famous. If everyone was cast in the film, who would we be? All right. Bets. Me? Yep. All right. Who would I be? Who would you cast her as Betsy? So I... <clears throat> Thanks for calling me first, because this is a good one. <laughs> so I I don't know why, but I do know why. I put Betsy for Frank Johnson, and I think it's because of the clues. The clues. He leaves little I clues. Like I like it. I feel like that's so Betsy. I don't know why, but I feel like if I were to ever do a, a scavenger hunt, I would want Betsy in charge. Um, that's hilarious because that's the exact reason why I put myself as Frank. Interesting. Wow. I'm practically like the same Wow. <laughs> yeah, but that's, I put but because yes. of, not, not because of anything else, but specifically because it was like a scavenger hunt. Yeah. Where he would leave clues behind. And I feel like a lot of the time I'm the game master compared to playing the game. But I guess you But I'm the game be- facilitator. Yeah. Which is yeah. two sides it's, of the same yeah. coin. So. Good job, well, that's Serena. What I was say, why am I? Why do I think Betsy then instead of you? No, because she's I think the. Of you? I like, love scavenger hunt. No, you're you got it. Yeah, that was good. But yeah, so that's so funny. I had for Betsy. I had drunk girl. You did have drunk. girl. I had drunk girl for Betsy. Um, just because. Listen, she had a polka dot hat on. She it did was have. Adorable. It was the polka dot. It was the polka dot hat, and and I actually almost put it for myself, actually, because she likes hats. She's like, "Why don't you? Why don't you put it on a hat?" <laughs> and the other reason, I'm going to defend your answer for me, just <laughs> FYI. The other reason is I feel like um, I get more friendly when I get drunk. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> that is a hundred percent true. <laughs> I would not normally talk to a random stranger at the bar, but when I'm drunk, I would. <laughs> but drunk Betsy might. Yeah. Anyway, That's uh, so funny. good. Good. I, All right. I, so who I, I put you have both for yourself? I put Mabus because okay, okay, he's got okay. like he, you know, he's in his little you know, workshop doing his thing, but he likes to hear stories and he likes, you know, he just wants to be your friend. And, yeah, Mavis. <laughs> That's all. Is Mavis the coworker at the shop? Yeah. Yes. Okay. He was sweet. Yeah. I'm sweet, damn it. <laughs> when you're drunk. <laughs> um, I'm gonna do Serena. I have Inspector Ferris for Serena because his love for that dog. He's like he was there for yep. the dog. He was picking it up. He was still working on a murder investigation, but he was like, all right, well, I'm taking the dog with me. Like, I'm, ta- I'm taking care of this dog while you were away. I fed him. I took him out for a walk. That is the exact reason why I had Ferris for you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Was I crime solving, but, too. well, guess I'm going to take care of this dog now. <laughs> So I, I, I'm sorry to switch it, but I also had Ferris for Tracy. Yes! <laughs> Woo! But, but I had, I had it for a different reason. Go ahead. I had it. And I think this is because I picture Tracy at work. <laughs> I picture her at work and I, I like, so I associate her with like a detective or something. Yeah. So I, I put, um, you know, can picture Tracy cutting it. Right down to brass tacks. Yes. And that's literally just the like facts, ma'am. You, you said that in the first five minutes. I did say that in the first five minutes. Um, okay, so should we finish out you or go back to Serena? 
Oh, I don't even know where we are right now. Who okay. did you have for Serena? Well, okay, so you had Ferris. Yeah. For Serena, I put the male girl. Oh my god, <laughs> I love the male girl. Because she had Wait, like the male girl. She came in to deliver oh, oh. the letter to Mabus or the the mail to Mabus. She had like maybe three lines, but two of those lines were gushing on Frank uh, Frank Johnson. And I'm like that. I feel like that's very as it, it, it's because she had a bubbly personality. I'll take she it. She did. She did. But I think it's partially because I just edited used cars and I like I was gonna say yeah, it was a lot of just us gushing over Kurt Kurt Russell, and you were kind of like leading the charge a little bit with that. <laughs> you were. You were like, I don't care. He's in it. I'm there for it. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, yeah. she the, her her three lines are three lines that I would say in real life. So yes, and that's accurate. All right. Um, okay. So for tr- so for Trace. Oh no, wait, Serena. Who'd you pick for yourself? Oh, I picked for myself um, in a pretty much the same thing I did for the last couple episodes too, like in a wishful way. So I had for myself Eleanor um, due to the fact that, okay, of course, all of her sass. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And um, that's just an aspiration of mine. Mm-hmm. Um, it but is. I, I like that. I yeah, agree. That's mm-hmm. a good. Yep. The, uh, the hard exterior, but, you know, actually really soft, like in regards to the relationship, um, her marriage, you know, she's she puts on this she puts on this front almost mm-hmm. like this tough front whatever i'm over it whatever and then i don't know she's she, layered yeah she's dark. she's got complexity yeah she has layers okay tracy yes we both picked inspector ferris for you who did you pick for yours for yourself i picked frank because of the scavenger hunt that's fair yeah okay oh that's right you said that. yeah so i think we we all, all right we did it yeah, yeah. Wait, good I job have, guys I have a bonus bonus okay go <laughs> ahead i have a bonus it's a really quick one. So I have to say this because, and I almost, I wish I could have screenshotted or we could have recorded this. You guys both went into hysterics um, some part earlier and I look over and all I see are both of your necks and you're both <laughs> thrown back. There it is. You're both thrown back. So I was literally like, this is perfect. That creepy carnival laughing lady is all three of us as a bonus. <laughs> oh, that was, yes, ouch, yes, ouch, yes, no, I yes, agree. That is very true. Not in, this, not in a creepy way, but the fact that we all like get into hysterics, yes. like especially when I'm there and witnessing the cat fights and whatever. Yeah. <laughs> and so I, that was my bonus character. All right. I think that's a, that's a wrap, guys. Yeah. Good job. All right. Thanks for joining us. We'll be posting what our next movie will be on Twitter tomorrow. So head on over there and hit that follow button. You can also follow us on Instagram. Our handle for both is at the movie Millies. To find more great episodes, head on over to our website, www.millennialsatthemoviehouse.com. So until next time, we're millennials. And we'll see you at the movie house.